0: A mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. Last week I was in Singapore at Hack in the Box, a conference that I'd spoke at in past years virtually. Uh, but one of the things I love about going to conferences is getting to meet people. A lot of cases it's people I know from social media, from Twitter, or LinkedIn. Uh, sometimes just reconnecting with, with old friends and uh, sometimes it's meeting people for the first time and then meeting people all together that are totally new. And so I had the opportunity at the conference to meet uh, Sebastian Castro. So Sebastian, Sebastian is a uh, security researcher and PhD student. And really had a great talk uh, during the conference on the uh exploit, and so it was really cool research. And, and you know, normally I spend more time, you know, talking to people and networking than hearing talks. But this conference had some talks I definitely had to sit in on, and Sebastian was was one of them. So uh, welcome to the show, Sebastian.
2: Thank you so much, Philip, for inviting me. It's a real honor for me to be here with you, and I'm glad you made it safe. Back from Singapore, yeah, so. <laughs> and it was great, yeah, to meet to meeting you in person, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you made it back safely as well. Too it was uh, it was a lot of fun, so it was a re- really great experience. I know you seemed to have enjoyed your visit to Singapore as well.
2: Yeah, it was amazing. But I mean, i was still struggling with the jet lag, you know. But aside from that, it was a great experience. Uh, so meeting you in person was amazing as well. So thanks again for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome.
1: It's an honor. You got some great stuff to share. I mean, you know, this is the focus of this show is helping people that are trying to get started in the industry and everyone has a different story and, you know, not everyone's story resonates. I mean, I've had Dave Kennedy on here and Alyssa Knight, but sometimes the stories, you know, I've had someone on here that they were just trying to get into cybersecurity and that story got so many listens and uh, so many comments. So you just never know how you know, these stories are going to resonate. So I I appreciate you joining. So why don't you start with introducing yourself to our audience and kind of tell us about yourself?
2: Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, as you said, I'm just another information security researcher who likes to break stuff. I'm currently doing my PhD in computer sciences at the University of California. And let's say breaking some processors with the product security office R&D team at AMD. Uh, I've been working for about nine years in the industry. I have had the opportunity to present my own research at some of well-known security conferences out there like uh, Black Hat, B-Sides, in the Box and so on. Uh, In 2020, I had the privilege to release this book about advanced red teaming operations for the Spanish publisher, Oxford. And yeah, uh, I have publicly disclosed to, let's say, uh, various attacks, but there have there has been two that have, uh, let's say, um, popularized among the community. So the first one was released uh, four years ago, called uh, the RID hijacking, and most recently, uh, the subordinate attack, which is the one I was presenting there in Hacking the Box.
1: Very cool, very, very inspiring. You've kind of, you've kind of motivated me to want to to kind of do some security research, just kind of, especially after hearing your talk and, and Runa's talk and, you know, I see sometimes that's, that's the best way to be able to speak at some really good conferences is to be able to, if, if you're doing security research. Wow,
2: well, thank you so much. I mean, I, I, I was really, uh, I mean, like excited to have you there in my in my conference, in my talk, it was, it was amazing. Um we definitely had a really good conversation after that. And uh it's it's inspiring for me to hear that you are motivated to do some research after my talk. So <laughs> thank you for yes. that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just see the value in it. And the people that are really make a name for themselves are really good in the industry do, you know, security research. When you're using everyone else's research or tools, you can still do your job, but sometimes it seems like to really take it to the next level, you just really need to to be able to do that security research.
2: Yeah, that is totally true. So, how how did you get started? Um, it's an interesting question. So, I started. I mean, I'm from Colombia. I come from a middle class home there, uh, but I've been always interested in computer and and uh, computers and music. So, back in the day, I was I was constantly jumping between. Uh, you know, cheat engine, you know, I was trying to hack some video games and sometimes playing a keyboard or a guitar. Uh, back in the day, I was I wanted to be a guitar player, but I had an injury in my finger. Uh, I was playing basketball and some guy just randomly, you know, <laughs> we were playing and he, he, he was, uh, you know, with the heat of the game, accidentally hit my finger. So I was kind of, okay, I had this problem with, you know, the guitar, but yeah. Then after that, I turned uh, 15 and I enrolled to the computer science program at the National University of Columbia. And in the university, I tried to create my own security research group. And, you know, there I started to play some CTFs. Back in the day, it was, uh, there was no hack in the box or try hack me. There was uh, hack this site.org uh, over the wire and some more, you know. CTF games that were they are not that common nowadays but that's how I started and then while while I studied computer sciences I also started my studies in music at the same university after uh, two years so it was always a mix between uh, you know hacking stuff and being into music because I always believed uh, I I think that uh, having a let's say an alternate passion will help you to develop certain skills that you are not aware of uh, that you may need in uh, in your field. So let's say I feel that, for instance, in music, it's useful to have uh, some structure that computer science computer sciences provide and the other way around. So that's pretty much how I started. That's uh, how I started doing my computer sciences uh, studies. And then I started to work and I started as many people people does, like doing the risk management part of the field. So I was there for about two years. Uh, to be honest, I didn't like it that much. You know, you know it's it's it was not for me at, at that time. So after two years I resigned due to you know boredom. I didn't like to I I, I wanted to, you know, hack stuff and break stuff. So After that, I landed a better position as a technical lead for another small company there in Colombia. But it was definitely more exciting because I had the opportunity to lead some pen testing and red teaming exercises against banking systems and defense government organizations. And that was amazing. And I had the opportunity to start uh, to work on my own uh, research. And yeah, after that, I enrolled this company called uh, Sonatype as a senior security researcher. It's a US-based company, and it was pretty much doing some end-day vulnerability analysis um, for open source components. Um, so after working for about nine years, in the, eight years exactly, in the industry, I felt that I wanted more, so I decided that I wanted to be more scientific in the way I was doing my research. So back in the day in 2018, I released this uh, attack called a uh, RID hijacking that was releasing Black Hat and it was amazing. Uh, I got a lot of opportunities from there and one of the one of those was uh, an opportunity to do my phd here in california so i saw that as a great opportunity to improve my skill set improve my mindset to be more scientific in the way of doing some security research and uh, yeah generally speaking being more scientific in what i was doing so that happened, probably yeah, back in 2018, I received that offer, and uh, I moved to the states like one year ago. So that's that's why I'm that's how I started and how I switched from the working in the industry to being a PhD uh, student. And recently, I have uh, um, while doing my PhD, I have enrolled uh, AMD to work with their product security office. That's pretty much an overall uh, idea of my, yeah, how how has been my career.
1: Yeah, it's a very very cool background story there. So, it seems like taking more of a scientific approach is probably a a more I guess would be more structured and easier to document what you do and present your research.
2: Yes, I feel that. I feel, I mean, my experience uh, while I was working in the industry, I noted that most people were trying to find a way to solve the problem immediately instead of finding the best way to solve the problem. And after having some discussions with some people with the academia, I noticed that uh, having that structure that academia provides, uh, sometimes I don't say always, but sometimes it's helpful to solve certain uh, particular uh, problems. I wouldn't say that every problem that uh, industry faces or any company faces can be solved with uh, this uh, structured uh, method that the academia proposes, but particularly for research and security research, I still feel that there's some value in uh, having a, a structured way to solve problems that, and definitely, definitely doing a PhD can provide provide you with some uh, tools that can help you to to do solve problems in a more scientific way.
1: Yeah, I would. That seems like it would be easier to to reproduce things and just. I guess once you build those habits, it seems like it would just make for make for better research. I would guess.
2: Yes. Yes. Making a. Making a uh, solutions more reproducible is definitely something that sometimes, at least in my experience, we missed back in the day when I was working for companies. So that is why I decided to exactly jump back to the academia and make solutions more reproducible.
1: So as far as uh, learning, you know, the the academic way of doing security research, were there any kind of habits that you had to break that were? some habits that maybe bad habits or habits that weren't so conducive to security research? Was there anything you had to unlearn since, you know, spending nine years in the industry and then going back, trying to go the academic way of doing things? Were there anything that you just had to do different than the way you were doing?
2: Probably I didn't change that much. My, um, let's say habits when I was working in a problem, but I definitely reinforced some things that uh, I wasn't aware that th- they were t- that important. For instance, taking notes. I feel that when you are doing research, it's super important to have notes. You don't know what crazy idea you you'll have, and it's important to write that down. I feel that some of my ideas, of course, not all of them are good, but if you have the habit to constantly write every crazy idea you have you have material to work on. And that is something that I reinforced while I was working. When, when I started my PhD, taking notes, everything, like a, pretty much, with, you know, you, you see scientists in the movies, they're always taking notes and they have this crazy diagrams and things like that. That is why, I mean, I, when I enrolled the PhD, that, that that is one thing that I reinforced that is really, really important, like take notes of everything. And when you're doing a pen test, one of the best things you do—it's pretty much take notes. If you compromise this machine, if you have taken the OSCP exam, you know that one of the best advices that people uh, gives to the community is actually take notes while you are doing the the exam or doing the test or when you are solving a box and, handy, and hacking the box. Taking notes is definitely notes is definitely one of the most important things that I have reinforced while you know jumping back from industry to the academia.
1: And that's good too that you bring that up because like through the OSCP or, you know, even someone is pen testing, if you, if you compromise a system, and you don't remember how you did it, sometimes it's hard, maybe you didn't get the screenshot, and then so you need to go back and get that screenshot. And, and if you can't replicate it, that's tough. So that's a good, very good point on on taking good notes
2: yeah it is true. it is true and as for myself, I have a very bad memory, so I tend to forget when I was writing reports to for our clients, I always forget like how was it what what was the initial uh the foothold that I exploited and all the details so back in the day it, I wasn't that uh, let's say picky with taking notes, but right now I am super uh structured in the way I'm taking my notes and things like that. So
1: what's your what's your favorite uh way to take notes? Is there a certain application you like to keep notes in?
2: Yeah, so f- right now uh back in the day I was using Joplin for uh taking notes with Mar- markdown. Uh I know that you have interviewed TJ Null. He has a really good uh structure for ex- for instance if you wanna it has a template for the OSCP exam. I used it for my OSEP exam. I didn't take the OSCP. I jumped straight forward to the OS EP, which is a the the new uh, Offensive Security Experience Pen Tester that Offensive Security uh, released like one year ago, if I recall correctly. And I use mostly Joplin and uh, Notion. Those are the that th- that's my like second brain where I release all my notes.
1: Yeah, very interesting. I've I've heard a lot of good stuff about Notion. I haven't checked that out yet, so I really need to, to check out Notion. Is Notion one of the note keeping platforms that you can actually execute code within within the note taking tool? Because I've seen some where you can kind of run code within within the note taking tool. I'm not
2: entirely tool. sure if there's like any scripting capabilities. I think they should, but I haven't used them yet. Yeah.
1: So what would be, if someone's wanting to become a security researcher, what would you advise them to do to learn to be a security researcher? What kind of steps would be involved?
2: So, I would say that one of the most important things when you are starting is trying to keep things simple uh, for you and for everyone. Uh, Even the more complex concepts, you should try to simplify them. There's this, uh, I think this is called the Feynman technique, where you try to simplify these concepts to explain them Explain them to like a five years old. This is actually useful because uh, I feel you ask the right questions and uh, when you are trying to figure out a way to explain it to someone that has no idea about what you are talking about. If you try to think to... Uh, Let's, let's say you want to learn how to uh, SQL injection works. What you w- may want to do is try to simplify what is the idea behind it. Imagine that you're, you're trying to explain it to a five-year-old or a person that doesn't know uh, what is it about and uh, try to simplify that. Another thing that I would recommend is uh, never be comfortable i feel that many people talks about uh, about passion and uh, discipline and motivation but it's important also to have that uh, being comfortable with uh, being uncomfortable right so keeping your uh, pushing yourself to improve your uh, skill set to improve uh, what you uh, know already and uh, Another important thing is your health and your family and friends. So Your life is first. I know so many people that it's amazingly smart, but they have had some issues with health and family and friends. And when those things happen, you, you don't, will not have mind to actually break stuff or do your work and uh, pursue your dreams in terms of you know security. So always uh, prioritize your health and family and friends. For me, for instance, I had some health issues when I was uh, submitting, Uh, I was preparing my proposal for Suborner before Black Hat. I had some health issues and it was super hard for me to prepare the, you know, you need to prepare the outline and the document and uh, you need to write a decent POC uh, because everyone will take a look at it. And uh, I was was having a health issue and, that is why, because probably I, I was uh, working too much, you know, be working in a PhD and uh, doing a research and do want to present at a big conference can be overwhelming. So always uh, find a balance and pr- prioritize your health, family, and friends. And I would say, uh, last but not least, uh, be humble. It's it's crazy to see how many p- uh, smart people is out there. So you will not know everything and that's okay. You you will need to find a way to live with that. And uh, at the very beginning, it's not easy because you are super eager to learn everything about cybersecurity. But in the end, you will realize that there's too much to learn and you will need to try to find your area and uh, try to be humble because you will not know uh, everything. That would be my advice,
1: my advice. That's, that's that's some great advice so how do you recommend because you know you mentioned the importance of your health and taking care of yourself so what what do you do to help take care of your health how, what do you do to kind of unplug from things and uh, take a break and and kind of recuperate from you know putting in long hours of study or long hours of work what do you kind of do to to help with that?
2: Yeah so what I do right now uh, I would say the very first uh, there are two things that I uh, focus on more, and are uh, what you eat and uh, how much you sleep. And, of course, the exercise. I'm, I'm trying to uh, get better at exercising uh, more <laughs> frequently. But uh, I would say, yeah, if you are aware of what you are eating, if you uh, are aware of yeah, your, your brain actually needs to, uh, to rest, the best way to give it at rest is to sleep. Uh, that's all, That's also important if you want to be good at what you do. No matter, I would say this is not uh, this. This applies not only for the security research field, uh, but for pretty much every field. And uh, and the food, yeah, the food is definitely uh, food is super important. It's like the field you give to your brain, so uh, you should be aware of what you what you're eating. I mean that, that's what I do, and I think it it works for me and that's how I've been managing to improve my, my health. And uh, that, there's another part that is the mental health and that's related to your uh, you know, relationships, your life out of uh, your, uh, your career. Um, I mean, the community is super uh, welcoming. So it's, there's plenty of opportunities to find new friends to, it's important also to keep, uh, you know, close to the people you love, like your family, your uh, partner, and uh, I would say, yeah, that's pretty much how I try to balance my life. I, I it that those are my main uh, uh, my principles. I would say how I keep the balance for uh, between my career and uh, my life.
1: So what about what about music? So I know you m- music was an interest. Is that still something you kind of use? Is that helpful to you to kind of help uh, kind of get a break yeah. from things?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it, it was interesting for me because uh, back in the day, uh, I mean, I told you I had this injury in my fingers. So I wanted to be a guitar player, but I, I couldn't be it couldn't be because of the injury. So I didn't know exactly what to do in terms of music. So uh, back in the day, I went to the university choir just because I wanted to re-engage with music again. And someone told me that I had a good voice for singing. So at the very beginning, I was like, yeah, I don't believe it, but she convinced me to audition to this uh, opera singing program that my university has. And guess what? I passed, so then I confirmed that probably my voice is not that bad for singing. And I kept uh, uh, studying for two years and then I enrolled at the Opera of Colombia and worked for them for about uh, six years as a tenor voice member. Uh, of course, I had to leave it because I moved to the Bay Area for my PhD. And uh, definitely one thing that I value from that is that I, it helped me to think out of the box in, in the sense that, I was studying computer sciences, and and you know how structured those classes could be, can be. So when I jumped uh, to music, I realized that the, there's a whole different world that I, I wasn't aware of before joining it. Like there's a di- there are different ways to learn. There are different ways to face problems. Um, actually, um, that helped me to realize that. Uh, the mindset you develop by studying hard sciences, you know, STEM sciences is essential, but you also need the creativity that, you know, makes you you get out of those structures. If you want to go, if you want to work in cybersecurity, you need to think out of the box, try to find the best way to break an application, try to think those edge cases that the developer didn't consider when uh, when they were uh, creating the application um, and music helped me to imbibe the idea that no matter how complex and advanced the system you are facing behind, uh, behind that system, there's going to be always a human or a human creation and human have, uh, uh human nature has, uh, it has plenty of, you know, emotions and uh, feelings and, uh, if you take advantage uh, of that kind of uh, knowledge you can pretty much start to think uh, out of the box for instance uh, social engineering is pretty much focused on human interaction and taking advantage of this human emotions and human feelings and but for me music helped me to realize and actually incorporate an in person and, and uh, imbibe that idea that behind every uh, system as uh, uh, no matter how advanced it is, uh, it is a human creation, right? And that helped me to start thinking in a different way in how I faced uh, when I was, for instance, trying to solve a problem in security or trying to test uh, an an application. And let me try to simplify this with with an example that it's super simple. Whenever you are trying to uh, hack an application, what's the first thing you do? It's pretty much try uh, admin admin, for instance, right? Why does that work? Because behind the application, there was a human that wanted to simplify uh, the work just by making things work. Probably, uh, you know, he was there was a boss that was trying to get things done. And uh, to get things done, the, you know, easier thing to do is make, to make them functional, is try to, you know, let everything, you know, by default, and, and that happens pretty much. This is a super simple example, that but that happens in many, many scenarios in in cybersecurity. So that is how I feel that music helped me to um, understand how to uh, think out of the box.
1: Yeah, it just seems like it'd be a good way to disconnect and forget about what you're doing because you know sometimes you're working on a a really difficult project or you're you know doing a pen test and you're really stuck. I mean even like some of the offensive security certifications, you get really stuck and you hit, need a break and get away. It seems like something like music would help you just totally forget about it and disconnect for a little while and and help you kind of refresh your mind, to come back to it later.
2: Yeah, yeah, that is definitely true, especially because you are still solving problems, but the problems you are solving are different from the ones you are uh, moving out, right? Like if you're trying to solve a OSP exam, it's definitely different from you know trying to play a uh, to sing an area in my case or play the piano or thing. It, it's a different uh, uh, problem solving that you are doing, but but that's definitely refreshing, for sure. Totally agree with that.
1: Very cool. So we're getting down towards the end of the show. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Any advice that you'd like to give our listeners?
2: Um, I would like uh, probably to talk again to the principles that I was mentioning, the, the takeaways, to, I mean, this career is amazing. The security research uh, field and the, the career to want to join it, it's 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 hard at the beginning, but there are people like Philip that makes it easier for everyone to join, so that's amazing. And uh, I would say that the best way to, to do it is, uh, as I've mentioned, try to keep things simple, uh, even the more complex con- complex concepts in our industry, there are so many people that is trying to uh, create so many complex ideas uh, that they are actually great, but sometimes it's hard for the whole audience to follow them. So try to simplify these things. Maybe for you, that, that will be easy for you to uh, get into the field. Try to never be comfortable, uh, pursue procedure- your Pursue this as a passion, uh, have discipline, and uh, prioritize your life. Uh, you remember, it's important to have health, have family, and, and have friends. And not, uh, not everything is work. You, you shouldn't, if you want to be good at this, I would recommend uh, to not be a workaholic. Uh, that's my experience, so I recommend it. And last but not least, be humble.
1: That's some great advice. So I really appreciate you taking the time to to join the show and and good to learn a little bit more about you. So uh, thanks again.
2: Thank you so much, Philip. It was amazing to be here.
1: Thanks everyone for joining and we'll see you on the next episode.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory podcast with Philip Wiley